Alrighty, Chavar. So the Siyat HaDashmai, we're going to begin, albeit a little bit late, but apparently right on time. Thank you so much for coming. Okay, so let's jump right in. We said at the end of last week's year that there were a couple of sources we didn't get to get to. So we are going to uh, begin with those. Just a quick refresher. Yeah, there's a little bayah with the sheets. These are from last week. Um, but take because we're, some of the sources we're going to be doing from last week's, and then we have hard copies of Lukutamran and Sichasran that we're going to be learning from as well. Okay, so at the end of last week's shear, really last week's shear, the whole shear, we were talking about the concept of any Yadea, right? About not knowing. And about how paradoxically, ah, we have the sheet, don't worry, don't worry. Don't worry, don't worry. thank you so, so much. No, these are from last week, we took them out of the shkar. So it's so pretty good. Okay, you know what, so let's start with what we have, a seder. So, and then when you're finished, let's put, you know, I just don't know. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So we were talking about this concept of, of eno yodea. Where Ibn Nachman said that his not knowing was bigger than his knowing, right? And what that means, that the pinnacle of knowledge is to know that one doesn't know. And that paradoxically, the more that a person knows, the more he realizes that he's just at the very beginning. And so it turns out that the person who knows the most and by right deserves to be the most proud over all that he knows at the same point is the most humble person of all. And we talked about how the beginning of the Sicha, which talked about this concept of Tachlis Aidiya Shalaineda, connects with the end of the Sicha that talks about ancient Yishboilam Klau, that talks about the Mila of Tshuva, that talks about the ability for a Jew to turn everything around and how everything we talked about is somehow wrapped up into HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Hashkach al that Hashem is running the world in such a way that there could be a concept of Tshuva, Me'ahava, turning sins back into merits, and Yesh Inyin Sha'akolnes Hapik L'Toyva, everything turns around such a thing, that it could be Inyin Acha L'Gamri, Rabbi Nachman said. And the reason why that chizik is put into the same sikha that talks about Tachlas Haidiyah Shaloi about reaching this level of not knowing is because the ikr chizuk that a person is able to give himself is entering into this stage or entering into this consciousness of saying, Mamish, what do I know? What do I know about HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Rachamim? What do I know about how far it reaches? How can I ever decide for myself? Thank you so much. How can I ever decide for myself or make up my mind that HaKadosh Baruch Hu's mercy is not reaching me at this moment or is not extending toward me? There are more sheets that are being printed. They'll bring the rest in. But when a person enters into this Indian of, of Eni Odea, that's the Iker Chizik. So I just wanted to see quickly three sources in Kisvei Breslev, two from Lukuti Alachas and one from Lukuti Tfilis. We're going to learn a Tfila from Reb Nassim. I'll talk about Lukuti Tfilis a little bit as well. That really knock home this Indian in, a, in an amazing way. Okay, so let's hop into uh, to the first source, Lukuti Alachas Tfilis Mincha. Hey, hey, five, five. If you have the old sheets, this is number four, I believe. This, that a person thinks thoughts of lowliness, smallness, because of the enormous amount or the intensity of a person's sins. Even though a person, in fact, has done what he is worried about and what he believes has gotten him into such a, into such a terrible place. The majority of the time, these very ideas are the strategy of the Yitzhahara. The Einzah and this idea, right, that I'm such a lowly person and 
you know, I'm the, I'm the worst of the worst. This is not called anava. This is not a positive thing. This is not, oh, wow. Thank you so much for coming. Hey. Baruch Mason. Thanks. So good to see you. This concept, this concept is not called anivas. On the contrary, right? This is not called anivas. This is the atzas hayetzer. This is what the Yetzirah wants, is to cast a person into this small-minded place where he's unable to continue. This is not called shivron lev, brokenheartedness, which Rabbi Nachman praised in, in, to an infinite degree, and which the Svarim all talk about, how brokenheartedness is a wonderful thing, but atzvah is a terrible thing. This is not brokenheartedness. Brokenheartedness, shivron lev, means that a person is honestly reflecting on the brokenness in his or her life, but at the same time, the self-reflection is taking place in the mirror of the endless, endless ocean of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's love. And of the knowledge that the brokenness that may be there is all part of a growth process to which there is always a continuation if I choose there to be so, after that reflection, to be able to honestly say, Gavalt, I'm broken, right? And I'm not where I'm supposed to be and I need to fix. But at the same time, right? That's brokenheartedness. Atzvus means that there's no, there's no hope and there's no tomorrow. And that's Moichin the Katna, Shoroitzel is Gaber. You want to give them out or split them up? Shoroitzel is Gaber. As if the person has no more hope. Or to get it into his mind that because a person fell between Mincha and Mariv, when it comes time to now to schlep himself out of his dira, or to schlep himself out of, the, out of his house and off his couch, to go daven and he thinks to himself, what's it worth, right? Today's already, today's already dead and gone. You know, maybe I'll start tomorrow, maybe I'll start next week or next year or next decade, right? But certainly now I can't get up and daven Mariv. I'm in no place to do such a thing. Thing. Why would HaKadosh Baruch Hu want to listen to me? And this is really essentially what Ibn Achman came to the world to teach us and to warn us about. That a person should not allow himself to be fooled and to be led astray. Because a person needs to know that a Kaddish Baruch Hu is so infinitely great. To his greatness, which we talked about, Gedula is always the meat of Chesed. You remember last week we talked about Hashem's mercy being endless. Gedula is Chesed, right? Gedula is a key word for Chesed, right? Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. Gedula is chesed. There's no understanding. And here he says these words, and that's why I put them in bold. And we know nothing about this. And we know nothing, like we talked last week, about what we know nothing about. About what we know nothing about. Infinitely. That whatever we thought HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Rachamim was in a time of brokenheartedness, and again, this doesn't mean that a person shouldn't make a cheshbon and nefesh. This doesn't mean that a person shouldn't have his bone in us or his boy to us. What do you think all this stuff is? Of course there's a time. Rabbi Nachman says an hour a day. Sometime during the day. Not when the Yitzhar tries to knock you off in the middle of the shachris, right? But a set, a predetermined, like the Balatani says, but a set time during the day, when a person enters into that experience, reflect on, on, on where you're holding. And I need to reflect on where I'm holding and where I'm not holding, what I need to fix, and what we all need to fix. But at the same time, after that experience of being able to get back up from that place and return to the world, which Ibn Ahmed described as Bodidus, as allowing a person to come back to the world that he left to go into this place of isolation, bidud, right? But outside of civilization in a forest or in a field somewhere, or Ibn Ahmed described this experience of coming back to the Yishuv and seeing an Olam Achel 
a different world that he left. It's the same houses, the same people. But after a couple of minutes with the master of the world and honest prayer and connectivity to recalibrate my identity when I come back to the, to the Yishuv, right? To all those details of my life that I now discussed and I expressed and I, and I, and I, and I connected to HaKadosh Baruch and relied on him. It's Olam HaChelagamri. So Ibn Ahmed says over here that after that experience, when I'm walking back into that Olam Chadash, we have to realize that Right? And he's referring to our Sicha, which like we said in the first year, was originally printed in the back of Sipur Maisius before being uh, collected and made into its own Sefer Sichasran. And it's really impossible to describe these things. Only a person that was meriting to hear it from Ibn Achman himself, maybe he could understand a little bit by way of hints. But the rule is, because HaKadosh Baruch Hu's mercy is a feature of his infinity, of his infinite essence. That's why in the Gemara, an amazing thing in legalistic conversations, how does the Gemara refer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Rachmana. It's the most beautiful thing. We're talking about like this legal thing. You know, say like God, Elohim, Rachman. HaKadosh Baruch is the merciful one. The merciful one. We refer to the Torah as the merciful one, right? And And so what do we really know about HaKadosh Baruch Hu's infinite essence? Infinity is a concept we can't grasp. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu's mercy is also infinite. But that same measure of incomprehensibility. And therefore every person, even if he fell to the place where he fell, in accordance with the unbelievable strength of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's endless kindness and mercy, Yesh Inyan, and here he quotes from the Sicha, it's not from this Sicha, but another one, but it's the same Inyan, right? This concept, Inyan Acher Legamri, right? Inyan Acher Legamri. And that's what Ibn Achman says. Everything could change. Right? And this is what Chazal tell us ultimately. Okay, let's look at the second piece from the Kudyalachas quickly. So we have a lot to do. And this is in Basar V'chal of Dalid Yud Gimel. And Rav Nassan writes similarly. But this piece is also very important because in addition to really reviewing what we just learned in the previous piece, he sets it up in a very, very important way. Listen to, listen to the way he, he sets this up. That there's two things that can be true at once. That's what Moichin the Godless means, is being able to approach a topic and be able to have the broad-mindedness to be able to hold two seemingly contrasting ideas and to make space for both of them and to understand how they both fit and how they're both true in different times and different aspects. And listen to what he says. Sheyeda adama emeslamitai, a person needs to know that in the deepest level of truth, again, these words, she'eina yodeya klal, klal, klal loy. What do we know? We don't know anything. Just simply rely on faith. That we receive throughout the generations. Ultimately, we're going to talk a lot about this in Sicha Hey, leading back to Revelation, right, which necessarily is always going to trump, is always going to rise higher, right, and overcome any sense of philosophizing or any sense of human understanding, Revelation Sinai, that was passed down, we dar dar, right? And so we have this emunah that 
isn't founded on speculation or isn't founded on philosophical rationalization. Ultimately, Rabbi Nachman says over there that God didn't start the Torah with all the proofs, you know, from uh, permission to believe or, you know, so on. It's good to know that stuff. But Moshe Rabbeinu started the Torah with Bereshiz Baralikim. Just take it as it is, right? That's what Rabbi Nachman says there in Sicha Hey. That's revelation. The essence of our faith is to rely on simple faith, simple amunah. Let nothing knock you off course, nothing. Because at the end of all of your speculation and philosophizing and analyzation, what do we really know? All we know is what, the, is what Chazal have passed on to us throughout the generations. And Haim Amru, Haim Amru, listen to this. And they said two things. And they said both of these things. And both of these things are true. Haim Amru, Shetzrichim Lishbar Kalat Taiba Shabbat Loimi Boy they said that a person needs to shatter every single Taiba or really elevate every single lowly thought to its source in Kedusha. A slight little thing that every every small little action, thought, or word that's disconnected from Hakadosh Baruch Hu's ratzon. To run away from it like running away from fire. That a person can get, and again, not in one minute, not in one year, right? But it's a lifetime avoda to get our ego out of the way and to devote ourselves to becoming vessels for the master of the world's ratzon and desire, to really live our lives in accordance with what he wants be'emes. And that's a lifetime avoda. And all of life is an exercise in trying to get to that stage. But listen to these words. Not to make a move, not a move, not a breath. That's out of line. That's a chet. To miss. That's, that misses the essential purpose of my life. To run away. And to distance ourselves from this action, thought, or word with the ultimate, ultimate level of distancing. Because the Svarim are marich to explain that it makes a dent and it makes a blemish, not only in the soul of the Jew, but of and this is kol sifrei muster. That's a bechin of heim amru. That we need this stuff. It's not all about the chizik all the time and just peace and love. And that's all we need that too, right? But it's heim amru v'heim amru. And I gave a lot of shirim on this, and I always speak about the necessary balance between both in order for both of them to maintain a level of accuracy. Because if you take too much of one and too little of the other, then it's, it's not so, there's no kunz anymore, there's no chiddush. Right? So a person lives where whatever you do is fine and everything you do is good, something missing. And if a person lives where nothing you do is good enough, right? And there's no sense of any chizuk and there's nothing, no well, right? Of a Kaddish Baruch Hu's love to dip the bucket into from time to time, that's also, it's impossible. So it's heim amru behim amru. Right, but in Bressel, the beauty of it was, you know, Rabbi Nachman said it slightly differently in another piece in, I think it's in Siach Sarfei Kodesh, it's probably, I believe it's like Bender, that um, he records, it's based on a, on a Sikh and Sikh Asran. But Rabbi Nachman once said, he said that the Misnagdim say that Torah is the most important thing. So the Hasidim say that Tefillah is the most important thing. And he says, I say learning and davening and learning. Right, or it's really davening and learning and davening, davening, learning and davening. And for me personally, you know, in the beginning, in the very beginning of coming close to Breslov, and I hope that I'm still on that stage, uh, you know, 
Bezer Hashem, I should only be, I, we should always be starting again fresh. Right? That nothing should become old for us. It should be fresh. This was something that spoke to me a tremendous amount. You know, because in my exploration of different drachim and avodas Hashem, you know, Baruch Hashem, I was a free agent. Like I wasn't too tied down. I, you know, had a vachina of like a chal hapanoi where I was just bechlal not. You know, and then after that, it was just. And I think that's that's the nature of our generation. How beautiful it is that all of us really have that freedom to explore. You know, we have that azus to kedusha to follow the voice inside and to and to trust in it. To trust in it. Previous generations didn't have such a freedom. It's remarkable. It's remarkable. And there's so many drachim to choose from. But what I felt is that every derech is stressing something specific that the other derech is not so much stressing. One is stressing uh, Eretz Yisrael, right? To the exclusion almost of anything else. Like that's the agenda, you know? One is stressing Shabbos, certain chassidus, and that's it, like Shabbos. Almost the exclusion. Of, of, of other things, right? Or that importance rises to the fore to the point that all the other points of Torah are obscured. One is stressing Mashiach. One is stressing the Tzaddik. One is stressing And I felt in Breslov, I had a sense that this was a derech that encompassed all of those things and that knew how to talk about all of those different aspects of Abba Hashem at the same level of ultimate concern and ultimate importance. To the point that all of the 613 mitzvahs and the 12 shvatim and all of the different drachim, which Am Yisrael are divided among, were all seen as being equally important in relation to the fulfillment of Ratzon Hashem. And that when Ratzon Hashem, when it's Hashem focused and it's all about the master of the world and everything else is viewed as a derech to him, so the Mamela, it's the great equalizer, right? And everything becomes a derech. And yes, Eretz Yisrael, Adasov, Mashiach, Adasov, Shabbos, Adasov, Tzadik, Adasov, all of these things and not to the exclusion of anything else. And that was something that spoke to me an awesome amount. So over here we see it in this piece, Haim Oimrim, the Haim Oimrim, right? Or Haim Amru, they said this and they also said this. And Breslov is not a stira to be able to bring these things together and to teach us when to whip out that chizik that's necessary at the right time, and that muster that's necessary at the right time, so that we always have something to be mechaya ourselves with at all points. All right, how fitting that Rabbi Nachman wrote a sefer called Sefer Amidas, which was initially called Sefer Aleph Base, right? That every single letter has something to teach us practically on some mida, on some inyan, on some stage of life, something. The entire Aleph Base, from Aleph to Tuf, there's no area of life that Rabbi Nachman didn't have something to say about. And so that's a, that's a remarkable thing. So this is the Haim Amru of Musr. But the Haim Amru, they also said that at the same time that we're going to stress that a person needs to distance himself from every Shemitz and an ounce of rebellion against the Ratzon of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and to be involved in lowly things and lowly actions and Averis. But the Haim Amru, they also said at the very same time, that even if a person is not able, not only to succeed a million percent, but even if he fails completely in the first Haim Amru, listen to this lush, and you won't find such lush anywhere else, Kemat. That a person is over the entire Torah a thousand times. None of us know in our wildest dreams a person who's over the whole Torah a thousand times. Thousand times, even though we don't even know the simplest Jew person doesn't know he's Jewish. How many mitzvahs he does just by virtue of being a human being, right? And charity and saying a nice word and, and trying to stay away from you know slander if that's a thing. Like just basic moral ethics is all mitzvahs. But a person transgresses the entire Torah thousands of times. 
And this was a revelation to me again, that one need not be a steerer to the other. And that we can take both, and that we can make a shiluv, and that both contribute to the shleimus of engagement with Avodah Hashem that's healthy. Because otherwise, again, it's just drifting off to one extreme, drifting off to another extreme. And if there's one thing that Kabbalah teaches us, and that Hasidus teaches us, and that Taurus MS teaches us, is that extremes are never, ever, ever good. Right? We talked about this, I think, previously. But this is why Avram has Yishmael, and Yitzchak has Esav, and Yaakov Avinu is Mitas Eshleim. Yaakov Avinu only has Shvat. And what's the Torah telling us? Avram is the Midas HaChesed exclusively. Yitzchak is the Midas HaGvur exclusively. From exclusive extremes comes a Psalas. Comes the Yishmael from Avram, comes the Esav from Yitzchak. Only Yaakov Avinu is Midas HaTiferes, which is where the Torah comes from, by the way. The Torah is rooted in Tiferes. And that's the manifestation of Torah Shavik Sav, which is rooted in but that's how it comes out. And Tiferes is a blend between both and Mimela. There's no psolas from that. And so extremes are never good. What we need is the extremes of everything at once. There are some chaver that happen to seem to have the balance, but they have the balance because like, they somehow ended up somewhere in the middle without trying. But it's lacking life because they're just there. We want to be in the middle by virtue of being pulled to both extremes with the same amount of force. And Mamela, when you're in the middle because you're being pulled to both extremes of the same amount of force, then you're in the middle, but it's, but it's pulsating, but it's fire. That's what Rabbi Nachman wants. He wants you to be in the middle. But that the being in the middle should be a feature and an effect of being pulled to either side. Ultimate Musr, ultimate Chizik, and being able to live within that tension of striving for everything, but at the same time being able to be Mechai yourself with nothing. That's Breslev. That's a Chiddush. And that's Heim Amru, this is a very important paragraph. Can you imagine if we kept this in our pocket, we'd be good. So you always have something to, to either guide you when you need a little bit of, you know, a little kick in the pants, and, and then also to be mechayah you, to be mechazek you. And that you have to, have to start every single moment fresh. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu takes such pleasure from the lowest Jew, from the lowliest person. This is the primary godless. When those that are so distant from Him, when they try, when they strive, and when they move an inch, and when they move two inches, how much unbelievable pleasure that brings to the master of the world that a person in such a lowly state was able to schlep against thousands of pounds of Yitzhah that are pulling him back and come close to me. Ah, there's no greater shashuim in the world. Right? But the Iker is, and that's why I brought this piece now, is because the first sentence has those words, that's where Chizik starts, is entering into that nivas and the humility to say that mamish, again, at the right time, not always to use this, because then you're going to fall into all the, all the, you know, the potholes along the way, right? But after a person slips into a pothole, despite doing everything in his power, right, to try to stay around that, which we learned in Sikha Bays. So then we need to tap into the second Him Amru, right? And to be able to realize that any idea klal, and that a Kodesh Baruch Hu's rach, chalu rachamo, a Kodesh Baruch Hu's mercy is infinite. I don't know what I don't know, what I don't know, what I don't know about a Kodesh Baruch Hu's rachem, and it's surrounding me and lifting me up and enveloping me and bringing me close to him all the time, and it's reaching me, dafka me, etc., etc. That's the ultimate chizik that comes out from that. Let's just read this piece from the Kutit Tefilas together, and then we'll jump into the Ikra of tonight, even though it's already very late. But we'll see. 
This piece is from Likutei Tfilis, the second chilek, Tfilim and Beis. And Likutei Tfilis, for those who aren't familiar, is founded on Rabbi Nachman's guiding Rabbi to embark on a new path, on a novel path, on a chiddush of a path of turning Torah into tefillah. Just on a very basic level, what does it mean to turn Torah into tefillah? A person learns something, learns a Gemara, learns a new halacha in Mishnah Brura somewhere, Chayadam. A person learns something in a Musr Sefer, in a Chasidah Sefer, or in Chumash, Rashi. A person learns something, and after learning it, he looks up at the master of the world, and he says, Rebbe Shalom, please help me keep this halacha. I just learned today that, that I'm supposed to A, B, C, D, Rebbe Shalom, I want nothing more than to serve you. And you know how much Yitzhahars are pulling me down. Please help me be in the kindness. Chiddush. Unbelievable chiddush. I'll tell and finish Shas a thousand times. Never crossed their mind once to look up at a Kaddish Baruch after a limud. And to connect, Bechal, to connect with him, you know. But to, but to daven up what, what is being learned. On a simple level, this is the Bechina of Ritzayneinu Lasas Ritzaynecha. Because what's Torah? Torah is HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Ratzon, right? That's the manifestation of what he wants for us, right? What he's trying to guide us to our Torah, to do, to live, how to live. What's Tefillah? Tefillah is our Ratzon, essentially. All the things that we want. When we go ahead and we daven up a piece of Torah, that's the Bechina of Ritzoneinu Lasas Ritzaynecha. Our Ratzon is really ultimately essentially to do your ratzen, there's a mission perkyavas, and this is the bringing together of our ratzen and Hashem's ratzen, where we're totally and completely mevatel, the bechina of a tzimtzum, the bechina of a concealment, where our Kaddish Baruch Hu's ratzen is independent from ours, or where my ratzen is independent from his, and I can exist in his, as an independent being making my own decisions. In that moment of turning Torah into tefillah, there's no tzimtzum, it's ein oid mevadeh. There's no chalal there's no anything, it's godliness, elokus, right? Because what's simsim? Simsim means that I can want my own things, right? Now I can make pechira, that's ultimately what simsim is, that Hashem is so hidden and that it's not clear to us that really He's doing everything, that it seems to me that I can make my own decision to even act against His will, which is the bechina boyal we'll also get into that at the end, I don't think we'll have time for that, but that's a svasem, it's the parasha, other svarm also. But in this moment that I turn Torah into tefillah, I'm evatel that. Because I'm really showing that Rebbe Shalom, all there is is your ratzah. And even this, that in my experience of being able to choose my own bechira, but I'm expressing that I want to utilize that space within my mind. Which, by the way, that's where the tzimtzum is. The tzimtzum is the skull of a person. Like, no mistake about it. That's the chal Everything outside of your skull is ratzah Hashem. Anything inside of your skull is your own ratzen. What's the tzimtzum? The tzimtzum is, is that which separates between what's outside you and what's inside you. But in the moment that it's it's That's a very high thing. That's a very high thing. It's a lofty thing. That's on a basic level. Basic level. On a loftier level, this is the Bukhin of Yichud Kutchabrichu Shrimte. We don't have time to get into it now, but Torah is an aspect of Kutchabrichu, the transcendent godliness. Shechina is an aspect of tefillah. Tefillah is an aspect of Shechina, which is the indwelling presence of godliness. And when I go ahead and I turn the Torah into tefillah, 
This is the Bechina of Yichud Kutcher Bechu of bringing these two together. It's also, I speak about it a lot in the new book, Pezer Shamal, copies, hard copies over the next couple of weeks for anyone who wants. But that's the Indian of freeing the princess where the viceroy, for those that are familiar with the story, needs to embody certain princess-like traits, certain feminine qualities that are associated with the princess in order to free her. This is turning Torah into Tefillah, that the Torah becomes Tefillah. So Rabbi Nassan, after, tell, Rabbi Nachman, after telling Rabbi Nassan all about this derech, he guided him and he showed him a little bit how to do this, what mahalach to take. And then Rabbi Nassan went on to take every single lesson in Lukut Imran, which are 411 lessons in two volumes, and turn each and every lesson into a tefillah. So that the breast lovers, when they spend months on a, on a lesson from Likut Imran, really learning it, really learning it. And that means that every time Rabbi Nachman brings a Pasuk, you look at the Pasuk before it, and the Pasuk afterwards, and all the Rishonim and Achorinim on the Pasuk to realize how it's all connected to the Giloy of Rabbi Nachman that is able to illuminate Pshat Remesh and Saud. So they really sit and learn it. Be in Rav, be in Rav. When they're all finished, they take out Likut Tefillahs and they daven up what they learned. That it shouldn't be an Indian of Limud Belimaisa. But it's loy halimura ikar ela hamaik. So the main thing is to bring it out into bapal mamish ritzenenu lasus yisenecha. That's lekuti tefilas and ladaiti. Again, I, you know, I don't know, but to my knowledge, there are only two books in the whole world that have books of tefila written on them. Crazily enough, you know, not to draw any comparison, Ahavdil, obviously, but the Torah has Tehillim written on it. That the Medrash Tehillim begins with telling us that the five books of Tehillim are connected, are connected the Chamishicham Shetayra. And the Kutaran has Lukut Tefillahs written on it. With those two things, you can dive in both of those Sfarim up. Unbelievable thing. Remarkable thing. So this is a piece from Lukut Tefillahs. The most beautiful, beautiful Tefillahs. These prayers are unbelievable. It's been translated into something called the 50th Gate. Many, many, many volumes. Lukut Tefillahs is a, a thick safer. And, and if it's possible for Hebra to try to set aside a time every single day to say Lukut Tefillahs, changes everything. It's among the most real moments of my day when I get to sit in the morning and say, look, did feel this? It's just the most honest, the most real. Even as Spodidus, sometimes you can't come up with the words, but Nussan was a master poet, was a master communicator. And he wrote words in such a way for each and every one of us to find ourselves in those words, to be able to express our deepest richness and desires before our Kaddish Baruch Hu in the most unbelievable way that Nussan, in his life, while he was still living after Lukutit Tefillah came out, was made that there are people who are sitting in Ganeiden because of the Sefer. Lukutit Tefillah. So let's read a Tefillah together. And, and by the way, in Breslov, not only do they say the Tefillahs, but they, re, they learn the Tefillahs as a, pre, as a, as a peerage on the Kutumrat. Right? Because if this is Rebbe Nassim taking the, the Torahs and making it practical, we want to be able to learn that and see, like, you know, what's the Mahal? How did he understand it? And a lot of times you'll see Mepharshim on the Kutumran bring down from Lukut Tefillahs to be able to shed light on the understanding of the, of the, of the Torah. Amazing thing. Ana Hashem, says Rebbe Nassim, Lukut Tefillahs, Chelek Beis, Mem Beis. Chacham Leva, Amitz Koyach, a lot of times always quoting from the whole Tanakh, which he had in his fingertips. Asher Chachma Matvuna Imchalavad. That Chachma and Tvuna are alone with you. Only you have access to true Chachma, intellect, wisdom, and understanding. Certainly a person like me who's so removed from Das. Listen to this. Guide me and teach me. Not so that I could know something. 
Because I know so little, says Reb Nassan, I don't know how little I know. And so I need your help to show me that I really know nothing. So that I can get chizik from this. And begin every moment anew, fresh. No matter how I am, that I should have this unbelievable merit and this ability to begin again. And all of these things that are your true will. Let it be that I should be able to hold on tight and to be able to give it my all and to start anew and to start fresh. Let nothing knock me off course or confuse me. Let me not become discouraged from all of the failures and all the difficulties in my life. Cloud. Let me know and let me understand and let me discern and let me have the intellect to be able to understand I don't know what is happening in this world ultimately what your plan is and what you're doing with me we spoke about Gogulim we spoke about Tikkunim we spoke about how little in our lives, it's possible to grasp of a Kaddish Baruch Hu's master plan that encompasses domim tzomea chayim daber of thousands and thousands and thousands of years. The complexity of which no computer would be able, you know, even the super, super computer, to be able to process information, data. <clears throat> what do we know? Whatever I find it possible to do from this moment on to grab at any aspect of holiness. And this also ties back into this concept. It doesn't have to be, this is the way, this is the derech. Who has time for shitas? Grab whatever you can grab. Grab whatever you can grab. Five minutes of Tehillim there. How many people, I always say this, Masha, you come to a base medrash and you spend, you have 15 minutes to learn and you spend 10 minutes in front of this firm. You know, I should learn this, I should learn this. And then after you finally decide on something, you have like two minutes left. You know, grab something, grab it, holiness, kedusha, whatever it is. Life is so short. But let me merit to accomplish this in a way of completion, and to strengthen myself, and to scream out to you, no matter what the situation is. And let there not be power. In my das and my chachma shall hevel, to make me think like I really understand anything about what's happening in my life, and about what you really want from me. Rak eskaladas vechachmo bina mitim lahavin to really understand how emesh arachik mi many achachma. That's the true chachma. Is lebliliyas chacham klal like we learned. Ve'eni yadei klal ve'esmachi lechalavad tamid be'emes. And all I have is the knowledge that you love me. And all I have is the knowledge that we're in a relationship. And all I have is the understanding that kilo yidach mimchonidach. That at the end there's no Jewish person like Rav Sadia Goyin says. We learned this together, Penny. Remember the end of right the end of Shalos Uchuvas, I think, from Rav Sadia Goyin. 
No, it's, it's Sefer HaMitzvahs. At the end of Sadi Goyed Sefer HaMitzvahs, toward the end, he has this very, very interesting section where he had questions that were asked of him with regard to Yemoysa Mashiach. And one of the questions is, you know, what's going to be with all of those Jews that aren't worthy, that aren't worthy? And Sadi Goyed says, everyone's going to be worthy. He said, HaKadosh Baruch will find out a way to be Misakin. To be Misakin. And it's all, all the Svarim bring it from a Pasuk, right? I believe it's in Shmuel Beis or one of those Shmuel's. That the Melech, referring to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, will see to it that there's nobody that's, uh, that's cast away. And any Gehenim and any Tikkun and any negativity that we need to go through is a cleansing process to be able to bring us back and clean our face so we should be able to sit at the king's table. Right? But that's not the essence of who HaKadosh Baruch Hu is. It's not the essence of it. So in a moment where I feel as if I lost everything, I have to reconnect myself with the one thing that I know. Is that Chaz di Hashem ki loy sam ki loy chalu rachma? Is that a Kaddish Baruch who's the Rachman amiti hamerachim rachim aleinu? Oiv ama Yisrael, Rachmana, Rachmana, Rachmana. And to know that I I really know nothing even about that, but all I know is that if I'm still breathing, we spoke about this last time. Atam advekem Hashem lekechem is because chayim kul chamiyim you're living, you're alive. So start from now. And to start again, because again, if you only have the Vahim Amr of the Chizuk, there's no, there's no, so what else are you going to do? So you're perfect, you're fixed. Now, so you have to have the other Vahim Amru. Now it's a Shas Aliyah. After you strengthen yourself and you have that foundation where you can never sink below sea level to drown in the sea of Yush, where Ibn Nachman took the venom out of the bite of the snake so he can bite through the Yitzhahar, but the venom is gone, right? The venom is the Yush, right? It's to cause you to give up afterwards. So after that, that you have that foundation, now you better hop back onto the Vahim Amru train of you got to do everything and you have to, you know, have to try so hard and HaGadosh Baruch Hu expects so much from us and we can do so much. The balance between these two things, otherwise how can you live? So most people who live and seem to be healthy people are disconnected equally from both of these things and happen to be plopped in the middle somewhere where everything is Beli Kavan and Stam. Like Stam, Judaism, from Jew. Stam is like 80% of people. The other percentages are unfortunately either connected to one or the other, and they're unhealthy people. They're intense people, but it's unhealthy ultimately, and it comes at the expense of their own mental health, it comes at the expense of their, of their kids, and of their parents, v'chule, v'chule, and, of their, and of their spouses. And then there's a very, very unique portion of people which we're all striving to be, which have the intensity, but have the intensity in such a way that we're able to give ourselves what we need when we need it throughout every avenue and area of life so that when we need to chill out, we can chill. When we need to have patience, we can have patience, even b'mili d'shmaya. And at the same time, when we need to know that it's, it's time to really be so, so, so strong, to really have that shivran alev, like we spoke about, to really do that cheshban anafesh, ah, the breast of cheshban anafesh, the real breast of cheshban anafesh. The PR of Breslov is among the worst PR organizations in the world, in the world. In the world, it's, it's, it's b'chlal not, like, it's b'chlal not. Now, Breslov is, is the balance, is bringing everything together. Kesser includes everything, all of the different drachen, all of the different streams wrapped up in one that gives us the ability to be able to hold on no matter what we need in life. Rabbi Nachman is the, uh, is the storage house you know, of all the different medicines that every person needs, spiritually. Is it Sadiq Amiti that knows how to speak to each and every person on their level? 
right? So the Ultimately, you're guiding me. So I have to do mine. I have to do my eshtadlus. But at the same point, I have to let go when I need to let go. Ultimately, you are going to be able to guide me to where I need to go at the end of the process. Let's hop into Sichas Randalid. I was going to say that it took longer than it was supposed to, but obviously it wasn't. Obviously it didn't. And so here we, we happen to Sichas Randalid. It's a little bit of a longer piece. I think Penny, does somebody have the, uh, the sheets? We have another set of four? Huh? Perfect. It's a little bit of a longer piece, but it's also a little bit of a, of a, of a simpler Indian, but it's something we're going to be able to, to see a little bit more quickly. Okay, so let's, let's try. And if they don't start Marav, so we'll still try to go an hour. Yeah, because we have another 20 minutes left officially from when we started. In our days, it is very, very kasha, difficult. It's hard. For an ish kasher, for a truly righteous person, and by the way, chas v'sham, I don't want to, any kitrug, you know, or any implication of my having said 80% of Am Yisrael, v'chulei. first of all, it's a complete exaggeration, maybe 1%, maybe. And even the 1% is just because of a lack of education, not because they want that. Because unfortunately, it's a lack of education. Even the lack of education is because times are changing so rapidly that the system that once worked is, is trying to catch up. And it is catching up. So, Nimsa, nobody's at fault. And Chaz Hashem, Am Yisrael is so beautiful. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves us so much. And we're the greatest in the whole world. And Chaz Hashem, not to speak bad about anybody. Chaz Hashem. Because a person needs to have a tremendous until he's going to merit to be able to, uh, to, be able to, to, to access wealth. And he's not talking about parnasir, he's talking about wealth. A lot of wealth. And even after the yurida into that place of wealth, even so, it's you know it's a it's a it's a shema. It's not a it's not a bari. Because even wicked people, or even people that are wasting away their lives and focusing on this world as opposed to the next, you know, not everybody manages to achieve that ideal. Even though that's the ultimate ambition of the American dream, you know, at Vichuli and Western society, not everybody manages to do it or to make it. Even though they put everything and all their effort into it as much as they can. But a truly kosher person, a good Jew, and it's, it's really distant from him. Again, to connect to such a thing. Why is this so? Because after the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed, wealth and the concept of Ashiras fell into the lowliest pit of the klipos, of the negative forces. The Pasuk in Eicha says, That the Beis HaMikdash and Am Yisrael descended Pla'im in a wondrous, wondrous way, in a terribly unimaginable way, to the point where there's no, there's no consolation for us. Pla'im, says Rabbi Nachman, this word Pla'im, Pla'im, is Osios Alafim. It's the same letters of Alafim. And Alafim is the key word for wealth. 
Alafim, thousands, worth of thousands of dollars just laying around, right? Alafim is wealth. If you have a hundred bucks, okay, you know, I could buy a shawarma, you know? Yeah, a thousand dollars, so then a little bit we're talking. Yard plum and fell down into the pits. You read the G'day and Flaw. Fell very, very distantly. Therefore, a person is going to need to have this tremendous descent before he's going to merit. Again, you know, ready, liquid cash. You know, hanging around in the bank that you could cash it. But even so, it's a suffix. That's what we talked about. Aval ish kasher be'emes kasher ashiras. Even after having that descent, it's very, very difficult for such a person to access ashiras. Even though we do find that tzaddikim did have money, we do find, right? For example, the region or court was like malchus. They even have uh, pictures now. You could look it up online where they have pictures of the uh, of the base medrash, even the house of one of the original rebbes. You saw it's like a, a palace, mamish a palace, a mansion. The way that they lived, unbelievable, right? Because they were being misak in the bechin of wealth that was ultimately rooted in the base hamikdash, where everything was gold. And can you imagine how much that building cost, right? And the kalim, pure gold, unbelievable. That was the source of Ashiras to Kedusha, which ultimately Rabbi Nachman speaks about in other places, is a very, very lofty thing. Ashiras to Kedusha, holy wealth, money, the concept of money is one with the concept of the root of the Jewish soul. Which is, that's why in the world, it's an anti-Semitic trope, you know, but, anti, but, but Jews and money have a, have a connection. It's not stam. It's true. It's true. Rabbi Nachman says in, in, in Likut Imran, in a later Torah, that Tzadik says, that because Jews are connected at their source to money in spiritual sense, that's why he says non-Jews are willing to waste $1,000 as long as they could take $1 from a Jew. Because Jewish money is, is shining. There's something about Jewish money. There's something about that concept that's connected to the source because money, what's the source of money is Kesef and Zav. Kesef and Zav are connected to gold, are connected to Chesed and Gevura. Kesef is Chesed. Gold is Gevura. Zav is Gevura. And what's the essence of Am Yisrael's soul? It's Tiferes, it's Yaakov Avinu. Right? Yisrael HaShabacha Espa'er. Am Yisrael is connected to the Bukhin of Tiferes. What's Tiferes? There's a mix of, of Chesed and Gevur. It's gold and silver. That means that the root of where we come from is the same spiritual root of wealth. So by the Beis HaMikdash, that's, that's where things were supposed to be. Now it's Vateri Plain, and Menachem. Now it's in the Klippa. So in order to get there, a person has to have a big, big, big Yerida first. And so even these tzaddikim that they had ashiras, they didn't really have, you know, a, a tremendous amount of wealth. You know, liquid cash. Again, very distant and difficult for a person. For truly connected Jews, right, that are focused on being mevutal to the Ratzon Hashem and to serving Hashem through the medium of the Torah and the mitzvahs. To really access wealth. Listen to this, I love it. He says in the name of Rabbi Nachman, who's his grandfather, after whom he was named, the son in law of the Balshem HaKadosh, the husband of Adol, but together they had a daughter, Fago, and married Simcha, and they had Rabbi Nachman. And this son, Nachman, was named Rabbi Nachman, or Nachman, after his grandfather, Nachman Haradanker, so one of the closest Talmidim of the Balshem, who moved to Eretz Yisrael in the, in the latter years. And listen to what Reb Nachman Haradenker says. Listen to this. Chazal tell us, This is a Gemara, right? It's a Pasuk. And the Pasuk says, That on the right hand of Torah, 
is Orech Yamim, is length of days. Ubismoila, on the left side of Torah is Aisha Bechav, it is wealth and honor. Says the Gemara, what's Biyamina and Bismoila? What does this mean on the right and on the left of Torah? Says the Gemara, Biyamina is Lamaiminimba, is to those that are taking the right path, not just, you know, the right, but the, you know, on the right, which is the Bechina of Lishma, those people that are learning Torah properly, they access. They access Eirich Yamim, Eirich Yamim B'Yamina, those people that are learning Torah Lishma. Ubismayla is Limasmilimba, those that are learning Torah Shalom Lishma, is Eishar V'chaveh, they'll get Eishar V'chaveh. Says the Gemara, I don't understand. Ubismayla Eishar V'chaveh, says the Gemara, Eirich Yamim Ika, on the right hand, those that are learning Torah Lishma are going to be Zochet to a long life, but Eishar V'chaveh Leka? They're only going to have Arich Yama, but they're not going to have Aisha Bechavit. How does that work, right? Only the people are learning Shalalish Makar Aisha Bechavit, and the people on the right get Arich Yamin, but they don't get Aisha Bechavit. Says the Gemara, Rav Amru, Kal Shekain Aisha Bechavit. The Gemara says we didn't need to say that, of course, Kal Shekain. Kal Shekain, they're going to have Aisha Bechavit. Rav Amru, Rabbi Nachman, Zechit Sadik Levracha, in a very sharp, Hasidish sort of, sort of like sarcastic way, a little bit, she'll rock Kal Shekain. At the end of the day, yeah, the Gemara says, of course, you're kol shikain. But it's not a first in the Pasuk. It's, it's only a kol shikain. A rock kol shikain. Yeah, it's very nice. Of course, you'll have Aisha B'chavit. But tachlis, tachlis, the Metzius shows not that way. But kol shikain, Yeah, it would be nice, you know. A wishful sort of thinking. Avaloi perish. But bottom line, the Gemara, you know, the Pasuk doesn't say that, you know, Ayrich Yamim Va'ayshar B'chavid B'yamin. It only says Ayrich Yamim. Ayrich Yamim, those that are on the right, those that are learning Tarlish Shmar, not so zochet to tap into all the time. Shu rak kol shikain. Rak kol shikain. Gavah pikain. Ain lehem uzumanim kama lafam adumim, which we discussed. It's not liquid cash like we talked about. Let's jump into the notes. And here we're in note number four, and I just split it to the vibe between last week's year and this week's year. Says the Eilig of Mesir Sasharim, in the very first parak, perhaps the all-important first parak of Mesir Sasharim that you really have to review as often as possible. There was a time when I was trying to do it once a week to start off the week, you know, beginning of first Seder, Sunday, first parak of Mesir Sasharim. It's like the basic refresher course, you know, and in, in, in what we're here for, it's the mission statement. Says the Hiligram Chal Venimsa, we find, that a person is living life in the middle of a war. Mamish in the middle of a war. Because we're being tested each and every moment, no matter what our circumstance is. On the one hand, poverty is an incredible Nisayon. That none of us should have to ever experience a shemitz of such a thing, not knowing how we're going to pay the rent, having to walk around with debts piled up on a person's shoulders that we don't know how we can move and pay off what we need to pay. It's, it's debilitating. It's ke'ilu. It's having a, a, you know, a terrible medical situation where you push, you can't walk. You, can't, you, you have so much you want to accomplish, but a person's drowning in debt. He can't think anything else. He can't, he can't move past that. That's a tremendous nisayin. But don't think... That if that pauper was going to go ahead and win the, you know, the mega, I think there's a big lottery now that's going on, right? Person wins, you know, millions and millions of billions, probably billions of dollars, that all of a sudden, zeo, no more nisayin. No, 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 no. That wealth also brings with it a tremendous nisayin. Now, if I, if I grow wealthy, so then I'm going to come to a state where I say, I don't need a Kaddish Baruch. That's what the Kutzker says. What was the big deal? That a Kaddish Baruch who punished the Nachash with, with saying that you're going to eat the Afar, you know, whatever the Pasuk says, that he's going to eat dust 
his whole entire life. That's a wonderful thing. Can you imagine having food wherever you went? Today, it's come out like that. You know, but having a snake, you know, he, he never has to think about food. He's eating dust the whole day. Says the Kotzker, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. You know, it's a wonderful thing. Wherever he goes, he has food. But you know what the curse is? Is that never once does he have to lift his eyes to HaKadosh Baruch and say, Master of the world, I'm hungry. That's the curse. That's the curse. A blessing like that, you can have that blessing. It's a curse. It's a curse. And that's what the, that's what the, the Nisayin of Ashiris is. The Nisayin of Anios is you can come to steal, you can come to cheat, you can come to, who knows, desperate measures, right? You need to pay the rent. But Aisha Mitzad Echad is perhaps even worse, is to live a kind of life where HaKadosh Baruch Hu is no longer a necessary presence. And that's the biggest curse of all. To live in such a place. That's what Shlomo HaMelech says. Pen Ezba, if I come satisfied, v'chichashti, v'amarti mi Hashem, and I say, who needs God? No matter where you go, you know, again, in that aspect of Haim Amru, which we need you know, to realize that there's so much to do and so much to accomplish, every, every moment is an Isayim Gadam Ma'od. But Akapanim, you see, that it's not Pashat wealth, it's not a Pashat Sugya. And Rabbi Nachman says that a person needs to have a tremendous Yerida, right? That's part of that process. If a person's trying to attain wealth, even for holy purposes, but ultimately, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be, it's going to be uh, tough. It does look like, like they're going to do Mariv. Let's, let's go to number seven, just because it's shy and it's short. And then next week, also push it over to next week. We'll start with five and six. And then we'll start Sichas uh, around Hey, which, by the way, is very long and is going to take us a few weeks to do. We've been lucky. We've had you know, short little pieces. But Hey is a little bit longer. Okay, So let's jump into the very last piece. And with this, we'll wrap it up. And we'll have a Mariv afterwards. And I thank you all for coming. Um, each and every one of you means the world to me. I, it's just such a beautiful, beautiful experience that I couldn't have had otherwise. I could learn the same things a thousand times, but when you don't have the siyat of sitting with other chevra, learning it together, it's missing. So thank you so much. So here Ben Achman says, he says this, that we do find that there are some tzaddikim that are wealthy in our times, even though at the beginning of this piece, he seems to say not that way, right? That it's, we don't find that tzaddikim are ashir now. And that earlier on, and previous generations, everybody was very, very poor. Amazing thing. He says this is hinted to in the Mishnah and Avais. That the Mishnah and Avais says, That a person who tries to embody the ideals of the Torah first in a way of Aini, in a way where he's not focusing on a, being Marviach, again, in a, healthy, you know, in a healthy situation a person needs, Parnasa, there needs to be a Shtadlis, but in a, in a normal amount, right? Not to be Marviach, Marviach. Soifai, Lekayim Ebaisher. At the end of the day, he's going to be able to experience that same level of Limerat Torah, maybe even higher, we'll learn that next week. In a, in a place of wealth. But on a simple level, this is talking about one person's life, right? That in the beginning, a person's young, a person is involved in Torah to such a place where it's mamish, memis, atzmei alev, there's no other consideration. Afterwards, soifu l'kayim avayishar. Says Rabbeinu, zuchun al-nevrach, about tzaddikim shebazman hazeh, hein heim ha-tzaddikim shoi b'dayre, b'zman ha-makoidmin. These tzaddikim are the tzaddikim of the zman ha-makoidmin, where this b'china was that they're the gilgulim of those that are the aspect of so therefore, in earlier generations, these same tzaddikim had to go ahead and live lives of Aini, because that's what the Mishnah says, that at the beginning it's going to start with poverty. 
Now, at the end of time, where those same tzaddikim are megugal and come back again, so they're able to go ahead and to be mekayma me'oisher, which is not an interesting idea, you know, to understand that many of the tzaddikim in the later generations who are megal of things that even previous generations weren't in terms of sod, in a certain way, it's like, what do you mean? You read the sadaris, but who, what do you know about Gogulim? What do you know who Rabbi Nachman is? <laughs> what do you know who Rabbi Chaim Vital was? Like, what, you know, what, because he, because he was born later on? And we don't know anything on a shama level who these people were, what they were connected to. But this is, uh, this, is, this is another take on this concept of Ashiras that although Rabbi Nachman says in the beginning of Sikha Dal that in our times we don't find that the Sadiqim Ruba the Ruba are, uh, are Ashirim and it comes with a tremendous amount of difficulty. Nimsa, we find, right, that those Sadiqim that did tap into wealth ultimately were a gogulim of those that in the beginning found it very difficult and probably went through all of that kvedas and difficulty and, and, uh, and, and, and uh, you know, danger spiritually. But at the end, they managed to come to a place of Saifal HaKaimah Ma'ashar. Next week, we're going to see Be'ezer HaShem a piece from Lukutimran Tarasamah, which seems to say the opposite, and I still really don't have it clearly worked out. Hopefully, I'll have another week now to think about it. I was hoping you guys would help me. But where Ibn Ahmed seems to say that there's a certain level of Liman Torah that can only come through Ashiras. And I'm trying to like figure that out. And I spoke to some breasts of Ramashbi. I'm like, how do you? And everybody had a sh- and nothing really fit yet. You know, everybody said a different mahalik, maybe Ulai. You know, but here Ibn Ahmed says clear that it's a mazik, you know, and over there he says it's absolutely needed. And that's why Moshe Rabbeinu and Rabbeinu Akada, Sharebi was Masada the Mishnah, Zaira, these people are phenomenally wealthy because they have to reach such levels. So how do you put those two things together? We'll try to grapple with that and wrestle with that next week with Thank you so, so, so much for coming. Yeah.